angels gathered in their masses Just like witches at black masses Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction and what up fam and ho 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 and happy holidays merry christmas happy new year and i have a little song to sing to you on the third day of christmas my true love gave to me a lavish edition of the pop culture collective that's right ladies and gentlemen welcome to the pcc and guess what it's me it's me it's jcb here with two very very good brothers bringing you a lavish edition of pop culture collective i think by me calling us lavish it might be giving away who our special guest host is before we get to that special host let's get to you know you know the sound of that voice i always call him tall dark and handsome and he hates it I tell him he looks like Wade Al Yankovic. He hates it. I'll, I didn't I'll, say he's a tall, dark, and handsome. I just said it's, it's the complete opposite of what I am. Um, but medium, white, and... Well, I am handsome. You are a tall drink of water. How about that? A tall okay. drink of water. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the doctor, because he is in it, Doc. Haas. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, Doc? You ready for a lavish edition of PCC? I'm ready for it. I'm always ready for a lavish edition to the PCC. I look forward to these moments. All right, so we're going to pour some lavish into our mixing bowl right now. We're going to put the setting on lavish, and we're going to really shine this up real nice. Let me introduce to you a man that needs no introduction, because this man has a multitude of nicknames. Some may call him Wade Two Pods, Quarantine Gene, Mocha Choca Latte, Ya Ya, whatever the hell that new nickname is that he got like last week. You may know him from the Big Heck and Wade Adventures or from New Normal Wrestling found right here on the Fourth Wall Pop Network. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the lavish good brother, Dr. Wade Ilson. That's right, we're all doctors today. What's up, brother Wade? You can just end the show right there. That was That's great. That's it. That's it. Show's That's over. It. Show's over. We you. can cut the mic Actually, now. Actually, I got a question before we end the show. With all those <laughs> nicknames, is Brother Wade the Seth Rollins of our podcast network? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I would say is that disrespectful? Yes. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's really not. <laughs> it's, it's not at all. The King Slayer, the Beast Slayer, the Architect, the, the Baby Monday. Maker. Oh, they're gonna start calling him the Baby Maker now. Oh, I hope they start calling him the Baby Maker. Oh, that would be, be the best. <laughs> that would be perfect. Oh man. They finally got a good one. <laughs> yep. Oh, but that's actually a very good segue, Doc. As we do here on the PCC, is we educate good old doc haas on the week-to-week wrestling because doc what is your wrestling schedule like now in 2020 my wrestling schedule well i I, after watching war games i'm gonna have to make some tweaks to my schedule because (laughs) i I, and we'll we'll get to that shortly but when it comes to raw and smackdown there is absolutely zero reason to watch those shows anymore because you could just watch the big shows get those awesome video recaps that the two like that the red and blue brand do you know and I know exactly what's going on. I know who I like. I know which wrestler's doing a better <laughs> job. And they cut out all the bullshit 
Like, right. They only give me the good shit. I'm like, right. well, this is great. I'd rather just watch a highlight of all the good shit and not have to watch all the bullshit. Yeah. You know, so that's what I've done. Now, I found after watching War Games that you can't do that strategy quite as well with the black and gold brand because they don't give you everything in their recaps, which right. is another way Triple H is doing it better than Vince McMahon because now it's actually like, oh, now I got to actually go watch NXT mm-hmm. and figure out what Finn Balor is going to do, which I didn't do is I watched AEW instead last week because I got way into the idea of the cross promotion of mm-hmm. Impact and AEW, but I still haven't gotten into Bone Slingo to watch Impact yet, so I'm still behind. But I did watch AEW last week, and I found it fantastic. Right on, and I still have to give you my login for that, right? That's why I haven't. Man, we it talk yet. about that too much on air. I'm gonna get. They're gonna. They're going to like shut down or suspend my Sling account because I keep getting everyone my, my login information. They're gonna shadow man you. It's, it's gonna happen. You're gonna get shadow. It's gonna happen at some point eventually. So Wade, we we just spoke about last week uh, the fallout and results from NXT War Games, which was yet another amazing pay per view. And NXT Takeovers, they never disappoint. Uh, we spoke very highly of it, but now let's let's pass over to Doc. Someone who doesn't watch week to week wrestling. It's always interesting to get a different point of view. Doc, what were some of your big takeaways from watching NXT War Games? Well, V and I don't watch weekly wrestling, you know, like I said, that's a, it's a, it, I do think it's an interesting take for, you know, to have that other, because that, that's a, the, the, the fan who doesn't watch Wrestling Weekly is still a part of the wrestling fandom, you know, they're still going to, when, when shows can start to happen again, they're still going to go to bigger wrestling shows and all that stuff, so it's, I think it's, like you said, it's good to hear this end of things, um, but at the same time, you know, I have been watching wrestling since I was six. So I still really, when I watch wrestling, I understand what I'm watching in the ring still. And the first takeaway takeaways I had were in terms of the War Games matches. Some f- exquisite storytelling, I thought, man, in both matches. I thought the mat, I thought the, the the eight competitors in each match worked so freaking well together, and it's so impressive, especially even on the men's side. I mean, obviously, Undisputed Era, they have so much experience in war games now. It's probably just, I think they probably do it with their eyes closed at this point. Mm-hmm. But, like, do you get a dude like Pat McAfee, who's wrestled what, one match before this, and his right. second match is a fucking war games match, and the dude delivers for what he needs to do in that match, and helps, like, tell a, what I thought was a really solid story in-ring story yeah that real that shit really impresses me you know and it impresses me how good those other wrestlers are to be able to carry the carry you know one eighth of a person who's not at their one eighth of the formula it's not at their level in such a high risk intense showcase match so i thought i i think in general the cross promotion with pat mcafee is one of the biggest successes WWE has ever had with cross promotion ever period hands down history of the promotion back to the 1950s right and Wade I, I believe you were just talking about this either off air when we recorded NNW about comparing him to like when they had Mike Tyson maybe it was, maybe it was Maddie but I feel like we did a comparison to him and Mike Tyson and the cross promotion with McAfee, it's because he has his own platform of his own show, his own podcast to actually talk about wrestling. Even Doc was saying like two, three, four, four days after War Games, he was still putting over guys like Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Well, when it came to McAfee, you know what the thing is? He's a fan first. So he respects the business. Mm-hmm. He respects the business yes, so much does. that he's willing to put himself over to get, you know, with the fans and let him know, listen, I'm doing this too. This isn't just something I want to do as a side hustle, like someone on another uh, 
promotion we won't talk about. He cares and he's putting in the work. Mm-hmm. And he said it. I don't know if you guys caught the YouTube video where he was talking about his second match being War Games and how what inspired him to even want to get in the ring was if you go back and watch last year's uh, War Games pre-show, he got the crowd hyped. And he said the crowd was so with him on it. He's like, I got to be in the ring. And that's something very inspirational to hear. And so he loves the business. He does. And you can see it in his performances. You can see it in a way like Bones says, how he reps the business. Now, it's not just a podcast he has, man. He has a legit sports talk radio call-in show. Like, it is closer to what you would hear on WFAN in New York than it is you would hear on, like, a normal barstool show. You know, and like I said... He was still talking. When is when are people talking about Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly on sports radio? Right. You know, with all these NFL fans listening to him and all these college football fans listening to him, they get their picks and stuff. And you know, that's a huge. I mean, he's talking about it all the time. It's not just this ten minute segment on the Today Show, this right. little spot on some other show or a guest spot. This is like, like it's featured content on his show because he's in it. And he's proud to be in it. And because he's such an arrogant fucking prick, like he has to back his fucking talk up. And he knows that. And he trains that way and he approaches it that way. And, you know, honestly, the type of personality is in the ring, it's just an outsized person version of himself. And as we've said a million times, that those are the best pro wrestling characters. He is built for the industry. And he, like you said, uh, Brother Wade, he respects it. He's a fan first. He's not going in there acting like some sort of tool celebrity, you know? Like, he, 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 I'm sure he appreciates that guys like Adam Cole will even get in the ring with him and have a feud with him. Yeah, I, I think Adam Cole has been a huge part in really getting McAfee over. I mean, hands down, because that's been McAfee's feud since he got into the ring. Adam Cole's done an amazing job. But, Doc, I want to ask you this. Wade and I spoke about this. Um, you know, last week, there were certain things that, that we were critical about. Maybe it was just me that was critical because, you know, I'm always critical about things. It was just it, you. It, it was just, just okay, you. It, it, was, it was definitely just definitely me. Definitely just you. So in that men's war games match, I, don't, I remember the, mo- the spot when Adam Cole jumped off the robe and gave uh, McAfee the Panama Sunrise and he kicked out. How, what did you think of that? Did you think that made McAfee look strong? Yeah. Hmm. And it helps legitimize him. But it's interesting, though, because now... He deserves to do that after surviving a war games match. Yeah, but the Panama Sunrise is Adam Cole's finishing move. Where's the money shot Aaron Adam Cole's finishing move? The the two, I think up to this point, they they both kind of... They were both interchangeable. You know, he had. I always felt like the. I always felt like the money shot was a little up here. Yeah, the face move. I guess. I guess the money shot's not a face move, right? You can. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I can't believe he's even allowed to call it that. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, Vince must not be hip to that lingo. But um, you know, I had no problem with him kicking out of it. Not at all. Not after you 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 go you go to a war games match and and you put a respectable showing. And I think he deserves to. He's proved. His toughness, McAfee. I mean, this guy's. A, I know he was. He was a punter, but he is an ex NFL player. Right. He's always kind of legitimate. He's always. He's had to, this dude. He got famous for doing the Connor walk in, on, after a fucking punt in the NFL. That's right. how this dude like got pop culture famous. Mm-hmm. You know. So like he's put in years of this personality. You know. To 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 uh, in years of this personality he's developed for himself you know so he deserves to have that moment it's not like he went and pinned Adam Cole and won the match afterwards right 
Yeah, know? again, the, well, mm-hmm. the ending of the match, the right team won. Right. Um, Wade, uh, you know, uh, with us us being the, the, the real marks of wrestling who watch, you know, close to 20 hours of wrestling a week, um, in terms of everything going on in the world of wrestling right now, the return of Sting, uh, the crossover between Impact and AEW, Shaquille O'Neal being on AEW, and Pat McAfee on NXT, what would you say is the biggest mainstream draw compared to everything that's going on right now in the, in the industry? Would, would you think McAfee is the top or one of the top out of all those things happening right now? You, you know I'm partial to Sting. A little partial to Sting. Oh, man. Well, yeah, no, I can see that. I mean, uh, Sting's definitely uh, the biggest wrestling name in all those stories, exactly. without a doubt. And right. especially because you thought he was probably, you thought he was going to stay with the cushy WWE Legends deal, mm-hmm. you know? He basically turned down money to do nothing, to go back and do something. Mm-hmm. Well, he's doing something. I feel he's going to be like a mentor in AEW and, you know, help some of the young talent get over, i.e. Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. But, and even Cody, he's going to help Cody more. So, yeah. I, McAfee definitely would be if we're taking Sting out of the picture and we're not even thinking about Sting and I don't know why Mike Tyson and Shaquille and there are even thoughts in wrestling right now maybe in right. the 90s but not now um, yes McAfee would be that guy he's that dude to me right now you're Kill right 100% because McAfee like I said talks about it every single day he's proud of it you know, Shaq doesn't even have the platform to talk about it like McAfee does, nor does Tyson. You know, I mean, and Shaq, like, you know, Shaq is, Shaq's on, in, on uh, not Impact, the other one, Dynamite. It's a TNT thing. Shaq works right. for TNT basketball. It's, it's, it's a, it's basketball season's about to start up again. Like, it, it, this is a cross-promotion for basketball. That's why Shaq's on TNT right now. So what's going to happen is we're going to start seeing Papa John's sponsoring episodes of Dynamite moving forward. But now, bro, bro, brother Wade, this is something we did not discuss. Did you get that, Doc? Because you know Shaq like no. owns Papa John's. Shaq, Shaq owns, oh, I didn't know Shaq owns Papa yeah, John's now. He owns like a portion of Papa John's or something. Or yeah, is that racist dude still own it with him? No. Okay. Yeah, the, that's who got. That's who he bought it from. So Shaq bought it from the racist dude. Yeah. Okay. So wait, we didn't. We haven't discussed this, but now with with McAfee. Looks looking like his feud with Cole and the, and UE might be coming to an end. Where does McAfee go next? And do you think what he's doing in NXT can carry over onto the main roster? I honestly feel he's just going to stay in NXT. There's no yeah. point in bringing McAfee up to the main roster. He's just a great person to have around the call for spots. And I hate to compare him to anyone. He's a Heenan right now. You don't need him on. Ooh, he's a Heenan like type. Yeah, he's a Heenan type. And the right. reason I'm going to say even more is because um, I don't know if you guys heard uh, Punk's conversation about him. He said no, it's bad that he said it's bad that a guy who doesn't even really wrestle is the greatest promo in wrestling right now. Yeah, Punk ain't wrong. He's no. not wrong. Okay, wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. I don't disagree with him. That was the first day I noticed when Mac. If he started like, man, that dude. Could- he can cut as a face or a heel, but you know what? The thing with McAfee is he's going to be one of those people that you can insert him in the feud with anyone and it will work. Who, who's to say he doesn't help Pete Dunne become the new NXT champion? Imagine how annoying he's going to be saying that Pete Dunne is the greatest NXT champion in the world because he beat Finn Balor and he won the NXT UK championship mm-hmm. and the NXT championship. Right. We'll never hear the end of it. Who's to say that he doesn't turn his little faction into the 
new Heenan family. Right. Mm-hmm. And Bones, you were talking earlier about how, you know, Adam Cole getting Pat McAfee over. How about Pat McAfee getting Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era over his faces? How about that? I think that's the bigger story to talk about. Okay, that's agree. the thing I see more than, than anything else. He helped them become faces because yeah. there was never a world where I could ever have seen Undisputed Era becoming this like baby face. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what they are now. It's because Pat McAfee's a fucking dick. Yeah, uh, Undisputed Era, they were, <laughs> they were always on that cusp of either heel or babyface. The tweeners. They, they, they were tweeners. They, but they At were, the most. They were over since day one. They have been over since day one. They got a pop even when they attacked Drew McIntyre. When Adam Cole first made his debut, they got a fucking pop because of their history on the indies. Yeah. But they were always booked as the heel team, but they were always on that on that cusp. And then when, they, when Balor... Um, cut his promo on on Pat McAfee a few weeks before War Games, and UE came out and kicked the shit out of McAfee and his friends. That right there, that was their that was their, their baby face turn. And I think this goes back way to what we were talking about a few months earlier when uh, when Cole lost the title. And we're like, shit, what's going to happen with UE? Are they gonna are they gonna go to the main roster? Are they gonna break up? Is Cole gonna go here? Are they gonna stay here? You know what? Thank God for Pat McAfee because it kept them where they belong, and that's fucking on NXT. Just keep fucking pushing forward. Yeah. Onward and upward, man. Yeah, exactly. So now, Doc, let me ask you, now, again, you not being a weekly watcher of wrestling, mainly the main roster, Raw and SmackDown, do, do you think it, a mainstream appeal would bring you back into watching it w- w- week after week? Someone like a Pat McAfee on a Raw or a SmackDown? I, it's not so much the mainstream appeal of Mac. I, I think the mainstream appeal is like the bonus. I mean, I like it because I just think it's well-written wrestling. Like, it's just entertaining to follow and watch. And those guys are all really, especially those 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 Undisputed Era dudes, those guys are fucking awesome wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Their matches are always entertaining. Odie Lorcan and Danny Birch are fucking always entertaining. Pete Dunne is always awesome. Like, all seven yeah. of those guys are always awesome. So that's what, like, brings me in. It's just, I don't, you don't get, there's no, you never see awesome wrestling on, on Mondays or Fridays. Right. It's just not even, don't even waste your time. You know, that's what will get me back in. If I know there's going to be an awesome wrestling match on Monday, I always know that on Tuesday and Wednesday, there's always going to be an awesome wrestling match on one of those three shows. Right. On Wednesday and JPW air? Fridays. Friday. Okay, so I, I know there's always going to be, I know there's going to be, I don't follow on JPW, but I know there's going to be a good wrestling match on that show. Yeah. So if I want to watch a good wrestling match on a Friday night, I know I'm going there first. And wait, I think you could agree, but because SmackDown does kind of surprise you every now and then. I, I'm not going to say it's as consistent as shows like Dynamite or NXT, but you do get much better wrestling on SmackDown than you do on Raw. I agree. Um, you know, the thing is with SmackDown, it's, I've said this for years, SmackDown was always known as the B-Show, but they always delivered better matches or continued the story better through match form. Raw's Hollywood, man. It, that's how it is. Raw's the setup. Raw's the where you get the story. Mm-hmm. SmackDown, when they used to be joint branded, that's where you got the match to understand why. And it just added more to the story. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what SmackDown's doing now. Yeah, I agree. I think SmackDown's had some of the hottest feuds if we're going based off the main roster this year. But I don't need I don't need to watch the shows for the feuds. I can watch the video recaps for the feuds. Right, and that's Agreed. what it comes down. So I I need I guess what gets me into the main roster is I need to have good wrestling. There needs to be mm-hmm. good wrestling matches. That's like the only reason to really watch live. Really think about it. 
You know? You can watch recaps on YouTube. You don't need to see that live unless there's, like, a big return. You know, that's the thing with wrestling. It's, 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 it's like, you know, you're hoping for that thrill of something huge to happen. Like, you're hoping right. you're watching the show, and then all of a sudden the lights go out and the fucking bell rings. Mm-hmm. You're hoping you're watching the show, and then, you know, some wrestler who's been out for nine months with an injury all of a sudden running shatters. down the ring you know or you know right. the, the, the famous stone cold stone cold yep. like you're waiting for those moments that's like the that's the that's the drug of wrestling for right. I think you know the super fans you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you guys would agree right yeah, you know totally. like let's talk about the Kenny Omega thing you know after he won the title and he says, I'll see you on Impact this week. Like, that's an awesome moment. That's something you're like, that's why I watch Wrestling Live, because that moment happened. And now I'm, like, freaking pumped for two shows. Right. You know, and I'm pumped for a whole new storyline. But I have a question for you guys, since we've talked about Kenny. Can you give me some lead-up into Omega winning that title? It's like, how long has this character kind of, like, of Kenny Omega been, like, if it's almost like... I, I looked at the other day, I was like, this is like a, he's kind of like a dude with, like, the Ric Flair here. Like, this is interesting. This is really cool. You know, and Don Callis is perfect with him oh that guy's fucking he's a dick too I love it he, he sounds like an asshole like, there's nothing he can do about it <laughs> <laughs> he does he really does if you don't remember him do you remember the truth commission I know Don Cowles yeah, I just, yeah, I've yeah. heard him I commentate a good handful of times he's, yeah he's great he's great but um, no, he's great yeah absolutely with uh, Bones backing me up on this this is a Americanized version and Bones correct me if I'm wrong of the cleaner just times 20 because mm-hmm. in new Japan, oh, yeah. when he was the cleaner then the bullet club, which is yes, yeah, still a thing. Um, he was, he was just obnoxious and he was so annoying that he, he was basically what AJ was in 2016. Okay. AJ debut. Yeah. I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best. I don't have a title right now, but guess what? Even the person with the title who I eventually will beat, I'm still better than them. And it took uh, when he when AEW started, we all wanted the cleaner. That's what that's what fans would set off the rip. It was one thing we all had a gripe with as far as it came to Kenny Omega and AEW. We wanted him to be the cleaner. We wanted him to have five star matches every week. We wanted him to do all the stuff he did in New Japan and have ninety to matches. Yeah, ninety to one hundred twenty. Yeah. 20 minute matches right. like you did with those 87 Okada. star matches 87 <laughs> star matches but you know what it's something Chris Jericho had told him you don't have to be the cleaner every week dude we're on TV you save the big stuff for big moments right. so what did they do they, they told Kenny we're gonna dial you back a little bit do you remember how his whole thing started in AEW he was losing a lot. Yeah, I remember him losing a lot. He was, yeah, he absolutely. Lost, he lost to Jericho. He lost to Pac. Mm-hmm. He lost Joey Janela. Joey Janela. That's right. He lost to fucking Joey Janela. That's right. <laughs> he lost to names. Mm-hmm. And then he won the tag titles. And then there started to be a little shift. And you know what's funny? We talked about this on New Normal. You know how we knew the cleaner was coming back when he beat up Marco Stunt for no apparent yep. reason? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good shit. <laughs> you can go back and watch it. It's one of the funniest moments I will, yeah. in AW. They, they, the Jurassic, Jurassic Express fought the elite, right? Okay. They, they beat him. Kenny hits the one-wing angel on Marco Stunt. Kenny looks in the camera, right? Just looks at him and then goes like this. Winks and does the gun thing and then just starts beating the shit out of Marco Stunt. <laughs> And you're like, whoa, Kenny, that's not you. That's not who you are. And it took Kenny to lose the tag titles. Uh, 
and feud with the Young Bucks a little bit. And then slowly we started to see little cleaner moments and a little okay. little gun moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bones, I don't know if you want to add on to it, but there was a particular moment that really let us know, oh, the cleaner's back now before he beat Moxley. Well, what was that, 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 that was during the title, the World Title Eliminator Tournament, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you're referring to. When it, he, the first match he had was against... Um, Sonny Kiss. Sonny he demolished Kiss. Sonny Kiss. Wrecked him. Wrecked him. We, we we saw the writing on the wall pretty much right after. It, it was it was the 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 breakup that was inevitable that was going to happen between Paige and Omega once they lost. Yeah, I watched. Them. I, I was watching a little bit of of that around that time when they were breaking up. That that was when we knew it was happening. Uh, it was around the same guess- time. That the, the the Bucks started uh, started be, turning a little heelish and have a little bit of right. We we saw the writing on the wall. I saw. I was watching right there. I said I, I could see the change in Kenny when he was when he was right. splitting with Hangman Adam. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I absolutely could see like that. Yeah, just kind of like the the no nonsense. I'm the best attitude. Right. starting oh, yeah. to come out. Yeah. And and Doc, I don't know if you saw, but. Uh, the young bucks have started to do the '90s Shawn Michaels and wear the long earrings and do have scruffy ass beards. Yeah, like I Shawn watched this. I watched him last week. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, I look like, look, look at you, like looking like some like some some men now. Right? <laughs> yeah, grown. Look at you, you growing up a little bit now. Facial hair. You got a little gruffer in the voice. Some, some heel beards. Okay. Yeah, right? it's, it's so cute. It's a cute. <laughs> <laughs> You're so, uh, so cute <laughs> with, your, with your five o'clock shadow. You're so cute. <laughs> it's funny. I actually, when I was watching Dynamite a little bit this week, I also listened to uh, whatever FTR was involved in, and I watched our whole thing. And man, I was just sitting there, like, wow, man, WWE fucked these guys up real yeah. bad, dude. Big time. Way to drop the ball on these. These guys cut great promos. They freaking work it, but when they have the when they're oh, they, they really work it. It's the promo that's what really caught me. Like mm-hmm. I never knew these dudes could cut promos like this when they were in WWE. Like what the fuck? And I don't think that's that's it's obviously of no fault of the talent of, of the yeah, guys no that they are. I think it's just Vince McMahon lost any kind of interest in tag team wrestling because there is a fucking lack of tag team wrestling in WWE, and we talk about hey. this every fucking week, and that bothers the. Fuck out of me. A student All of mine. Of a All student of, of mine today. I have an adult student. He's uh, probably a little older than us. And for some reason, wrestling came up in our conversation. And he's like, yeah, my daughters don't watch wrestling and and whatnot. And he's like, what's what, what's it, you know, what's it like nowadays? And, he's, and then we start talking about Vince McMahon. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's really impressive. Like, you know, what Vince McMahon did as a businessman. I'm like, you're right, you know. But I was like, here's the thing with Vince McMahon, though. Like, you know, there's basically two shows he's kind of in charge of, and those shows suck, and then the show Triple H is in charge of is awesome, Mm -hmm. you know? And honestly, like, to make the comparison, like, not to get overtly political, but he's, he's uh, Donald Trump in the industry. He's Mm -hmm. legit, he doesn't get let hold of the, the ideas that don't work anymore, and is not evolving with the industry much like you can make the argument that Donald Trump doesn't evolve with the country, move on from politics. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's how I explained it to him, you know. And, oh, I know what brought up. He was asking about, he, he brought up, because he's done work in the TV industry, and he brought up mm-hmm. Luke Perry 
and I was telling him like, "Oh, Luke Perry's son is, a, is one Boy. of my favorite wrestlers. Yep. It's mm-hmm. Jack Perry." And I was telling him all about like Jungle Boy Jack. And he's a high flyer. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him he has this. He hangs out with this 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 a uh, luchador <laughs> dinosaur named Luchasaurus. And of course, he starts cracking. I was like, "Luchasaurus!" I'm like, "Yeah, man, Luchasaurus rules, dude." He's like, "What am I?" He's like, "He's like, what am I missing?" in this world I was like you're missing awesomeness and and then Marco's done I'm, so I'm telling him all about that and mm-hmm. and then he asked like who runs it and that's what it came to I said to him about Tony Khan and he knows who the Khan family are right. so mm-hmm. but that's what came to a point where Vince McMahon he's just out of touch with the industry now mm-hmm. and like it's it's really WWE fans there's just a really good chunk of them just kind of waiting and hoping he steps aside soon so Triple H can just fully take over and put the right people in place to make all the shows good mm-hmm. you know so that's like where, for me that's where I guess that's where my mindset is to go back to your original question what would get me back to watch right. main roster stuff more mm-hmm. you know getting now, rid of Vince McMahon I'm, kind of, I, I, I'm over Vince McMahon legit 130% it's not even like a beat around the bush type of thing for me anymore it's like yeah I know but Vince has done so much and he really has done a lot of blah 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 but I just, I'm over it. I don't enjoy the product that he puts out. It's probably the least favorite of all my of all the wrestling. It's the, it's Ron SmackDown on the bottom of the list right now. Yeah. Anything I've watched in the past six months. And I I don't know. I I I know we all say it. I probably said it too. How it's Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon. But I really don't think it's all Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, we all know, is a genius in what he does. Look at what he's done for the world of wrestling and the industry. He's all these been years. a genius, right? I think what mm-hmm. it comes down to is that there's too many hands in the cookie jar now in WWE, and they have too many creative writers. Okay. And producers, I think that's what it comes down to. It's not like it's ba- the Attitude Era when it was Vince McMahon, Gerald Briscoe, Pat Patterson sitting around his pool in his backyard writing Raw and SmackDown. But now, here's the thing, dude. Go, go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go, 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 saying, go, go, now, go. Now you have 20, 30 different writers writing one show. And yeah, mo- some stories Vince has his thumbprint on, but not every story. You know, he, he doesn't have enough time in the fucking day, this guy, to focus on every single talent on that roster on Raw and SmackDown. So, you know, he's letting something slide. And that's I think that, that, that's what the, that's what really sticks out to some of us, the viewers each week. What were you going to say, Doc? So, OK, two questions. One, why is Triple H able to keep it together between the two NXT brands? Mm-hmm. That's the first one. And because he's just surrounded by smarter people who help him make better decisions, maybe Look, Vince needs to surround himself with smarter people. Let me let, let me answer that and first. But, one, go and, ahead, my other, go ahead. and the other question was maybe it's it's not all Vince McMahon's, but you know, every time it seems like recently, every time somebody's left WWE, like they're going somewhere else and being awesome. Right, Diana Parasso left WWE and went and went. I mean, though she was NXT, I, I maybe that's a little bit of a grayer area but she was awesome when she, as soon as she left fucking Rusev as soon as he went somewhere else it was fucking awesome that was awesome how he closed I, I, I love eh. it I love it eh I'm okay the, the whole Miro thing is alright yeah I love it I, I think it's great but no but I, I totally see what you're saying FTR, FTR the minute they left awesome That that's talent John Moxley the minute he left Awesome. That's talent. Still mediocre. No, still mediocre. Oh, yeah, Moxley. Yes, no. Uh, <laughs> Wade and I are very happy that Moxley is no longer our AEW champion. Elated. Sure. Say what it is. We're elated. Elated. <laughs> we are elated. But did his did his did his run just get boring? Basically, is that what it yeah, came down to? Yeah, his WWE title run all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. that's but, a shame. 
So go back to your first question again. Uh, is is Triple H surrounding himself with oh, better people than it. Vince McMahon? Yes, he has mm-hmm. a much smaller creative team. It's him. Um, it's him. William Regal, Matt Bloom, Road Dog, Shawn Michaels, Terry Taylor, and I think a couple other people, a couple other veterans. That's the Red Rooster, the right? Red Rooster, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sean, runs, Sean runs NXT UK. That's and what Sean, he's Sean runs NXT UK, right? Yeah. Okay. So you, you also have creative minds that were that are in the industry, that were actual talent, that have been in the ring, that have told their own stories and worked in storylines to really know better. Uh, it's a much different point of view. And also, you're working with two very uh, two much smaller rosters than WWE has on Raw and SmackDown. Much smaller. So it's less talent, and yeah, you have a much smaller creative team. You don't have so many hands in the, in the cookie jar. But aren't they also dealing with all the PC recruits and stuff, too, in NXT? Isn't P- that? Yeah, the yep. PC recruits are just that. They're the ones that are going through your, your classes, your, your, your promo class 101, your, your l- 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 let's make you a They're character. They're probably you know? going to NXT, right? All those well, yeah. PCC recruits? No, so not so all Triple H still has to handle... All those mouths looking for the opportunity just to get on one of the TV shows. Well, well, when it comes to all of them, it's not true because um, AJ's bodyguard. I know you don't watch the main roster. Almost. Oh, oh the big, the, the, yeah, that, I know the, the dude who guarded Raw Underground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah him. He's with AJ now, he was straight. He right. was a trainee. He didn't get on NXT. He didn't get any coverage, and he was there. Uh, Dabakato, same thing. Da, yeah, wasn't yeah. on NXT, even though we saw him at like. Uh, shows every now and then on the mm-hmm. house shows when that when those were Babatunde like, that back when it was Babatunde Babatunde back then he it was Babatunde he was also on Evolve a lot when Evolve exactly. was started. right but they also had an interesting scenario where they wrote the Raw Underground thing in and they created an interesting scenario to get mm-hmm. those guys on TV that, you know and, a, and the dude that follows what's, what's AJ's bodyguard's name I'm sorry Omo, his name's almost 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 that's what he's going by okay yeah um you know he's but big six foot seven ex basketball player, mm-hmm. right. you know, like like that's that's an appealing f- feature of a bodyguard. So of course he's gonna hop over, but he's not being asked to wrestle either. So it's like almost that, that he's not being brought up to wrestle. He's being brought up for the entertainment end of it, for right. the look, for the size, for the intimidation. Right. But also over the past week, Doc, I don't know if you've heard, but there were some stars from Raw. That were sent back down to the PC, uh, the back down to the PC by Vince McMahon, uh, and he told them to go work on more of their craft, whether it be promos, in-ring skills. Uh, Who? Dabakato, okay. Omos, Otis, uh, Dio Madden, who now goes by Mace from Retribution, and Keith Lee. Now. You know how many fucking fans? Wait, 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 Doc. Don't. I mean, (laughs) both. Go, go go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I have the same reaction with Keith Lee that you're having right now. I can see Mm -hmm. to your face. I know your mind is exploding right now. Um. He's why I watched NXT over the summer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. When that news broke, I was the one that told. Docking uh, Maddie about it And I was like Guys There's some people That got sent down And you know You know Bones Even though he was Hating on it a little bit He was like Who And I told him the list And then when I said Keith Lee He said what the fuck What the fuck <laughs> Initially yeah But you have to look At it this way too mm-hmm. If if Vince McMahon At the end of the day You're working for 
WWE, right? You're, I mean, I'm not going to say you're an employee. I know that's, that's, that's a, a, a bad word to say in wrestling, but you're working <laughs> for Vince McMahon. If you get any, any job and your boss says, hey, you know what? I need you to go work on this before you come back. You're going to do what your boss says. If Vince McMahon is saying, hey, you know what? There's some things that I'm not seeing that, need, that you need to work on for the product that I'm still trying to put out. Go work on, the, go work on, on, on your craft back at the PC. So this is the way I look at it. You're still getting paid the same amount of money. You're mm-hmm. getting paid to go work on your craft even more because your mm-hmm. boss told you to. You didn't lose your job. You know, these people are still being shown on Raw. They're just being told, hey, you, you know what? I want to see you get a little more, a little more work, a little more training on your promo skills, in-ring skills. So go do that. There is something that Keith Lee doesn't have that Vince McMahon is looking for. I don't know. We don't know what the hell that is. No one knows what the hell goes I know on. what it is. The fucking chiseled body. That's what it is. It, see, I don't it know. Could I that. Mean, it, it could be that. It could be that. You know what the thing is? It could be his promo work because, you know, mm-hmm. I spoke to spoke to Jess about it and we talked about it. She's like, maybe she's like honing his craft. She's like, I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. Wrestling wise, he doesn't need work. She said that wrestling wise, right. he's fine. Hey, like, don't ruin, don't ruin something thing. that's working so good. She's like, right. promo work wise, she's like, I'm going to say this about Keith Lee. She's like, I do like him. And I agreed with her. I said, yeah, I like him too. He's one of my favorites. His voice is not. Or this cadence isn't what it should be. Exactly. To be to let him know, let us know that he's there. Like he's so soft spoken. He's right. so humble. See, in NXT, we were cool with it because that's what we knew. We right. knew Keith Lee was like that. But when it came to him doing what he did in the ring, we were like, okay, fine, it balances out. Vince wants him to probably be a little bit more aggressive. He wants him to step up promo-wise. Just being sent down to the performance center doesn't mean like yo, you you're a shitty wrestler. No, yeah. it means it's not a demotion. I like what I see from you, because I because right. he he's big on Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. He wants Keith Lee to do th- to basically be the next Drew or the next Roman, not putting them in that category, but like a major elevator. Yeah, let's star. be a main event star. Yeah, exactly. He sees that, but he just wants him to probably work on his promos. And the first time we've ever seen Keith Lee even get somewhat of an aggressive tone was when he fought Karrion Cross, And we were like, oh, okay, it's a serious feud now. Right. Right, yeah, okay. Maybe he wants that more out of him, like a little bit more of, I want that aggression, like ruthless aggression. Right. I want that out of you. <laughs> exactly. Do you think Trip kind of scoops him back up and takes him on the black and gold for a little bit? No, because Keith, uh, spoiler, I don't know if you watch, you either, well, I know you didn't watch Raw, <laughs> but uh, Bones... Mm. Keith Lee had a match tonight. Okay. A handicap match. Against Against Miz and Morrison. Okay. He lost. Okay. Miz and Morrison pinned him in one of the dumbest ways possible. So you're telling me the two of them on top of Keith Lee at one time and Keith couldn't push them off were enough to hold him down for a three count? That... that if anything, that that what the hell is the word that 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 downplays Keith Lee's size. Keith yeah. Lee is the kind of guy where even when he was in NXT, I felt like he got knocked down too much. He mm-hmm. helps put up smaller people over too often. He needs to really use his size to his advantage in the ring and be that big man. How many times did you see people knock Bam Bam Bigelow or Vader down? They they it would take a lot to knock these guys down. Mm-hmm. Keith Lee could be that that next big man. I mean, he do, he has that that the aerial moves like a Bam Bam Bigelow, but again, they're big guys. You want to bounce right. off the ropes and get mm-hmm. him in a shoulder block? Don't knock me down. Keith Lee has, but again, that it's not always Keith Lee's fault; it's the Booker's fault. You know, the the the, the 
um, the agents that are that are a- being the agent for those matches. Like they're the ones that are putting the shit together. Keith Lee has to stand up and be like, "No, I'm a big man. I should not have the Miz and Morrison knocking me down and pinning me." It, maybe it could also just be like you know, Vince doesn't have anything for him on Raw or SmackDown right now and doesn't want him to lose matches. Right. You know. So hey, just here's some things to work on. Go do that. And like you said, mm-hmm. like you said, Wayne. You know, it just might be because his promos do need a little more work still. He needs to be a little meaner at times. You know, because mm-hmm. he is just. Big menacing Hulk ex football player of a man. Right. You know? I, I okay, I understand that. So I have two other questions from the list that you did. Uh the first one is my boy Otis. Mm-hmm. Um no, I love I love Otis. I, I just you think he's asking him to get in shape better shape, maybe? I don't think it's a matter of shape. He's mm. obviously very high on Because I think because I think I think the 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 big thing is what makes Otis Otis. Like I wouldn't want right. him to get into yeah. Better quote unquote shape. Like I right. think it kills it, what Otis is. If if the if the size or shape was that big of a deal, they would have never made it to the main roster in the first right. place. Right, it, this right. is still Vince's baby. He's not gonna let that shit happen. Vince was very high on Otis. Oh, don't forget, Otis did have the money in the bank briefcase. Yeah, that was that was a different so, use. I thought that was a different a decent use of the briefcase. Like, hey, we don't know what I to do with so. the briefcase right now. We're not sure who to put it on. Let's do this thing with Otis and get him some TV time. Boom. But but then, then they didn't know what to do with him. Right. Otis is great. He's great as a singles wrestler. Uh, go back to his one-on-one match with Tommaso Ciampa last year on NXT. Yeah. Phenomenal. He was awesome. You know, great showing. Match. Yeah. You know, so Otis is a great wrestler. He's he, he's charismatic. He's he's good for what he can do in the ring. Uh, I don't think it's a matter of size. I think now because he's been a tag team wrestler his whole tenure with NXT and then WWE, now he's just trying to make him hone his craft as a single star. That's all. And and also also maybe there's just nothing creative for him. Yeah. Because what else, what is there for him at this point? Nothing. Him him and you're gonna break up Heavy Machinery, put him in a team that will fucking Chad Gable. Yeah, get the hell out of here. Come on. Um, okay, and my last one, and this more involves like a, a bigger, greater picture thing. You mentioned Dio Madden. Which one is he? Mace, right? Mace, yeah. Um, yeah he's does, Mace. Does that mean retribution's done? No. Is it over? Please, the, please. The, there's still a fucking thing. And it, there's th- still a thing. thing. They, uh, Mace actually wrestled tonight. Okay. So he had a match against Ricochet tonight. And did he win? Yo, Ricochet was looking good on the Instagram the other day, man. Mm-hmm. Yo, Ricochet, yeah, yeah. man. I was like, okay. Okay. If there was somebody I would send down to the performance center just to work on their craft, it, Ricochet would be Ricochet. one of those people. Because yep. he, cause he's so, he's again, he's another soft-spoken star yeah. who just, hey, I'm happy to be here. Ricochet I'm got gonna, pulled up too, I'm, too soon. I'm going to knock you right. out. Ooh, he's so soft-spoken. Yeah. Rick, yeah. And Ricochet, like I always tell Bones, I, I, I think Ricochet needs to start relying more on wrestling and less on high-flying. Because right. if he can, if he doesn't start doing that, there's a shelf life to his career, mm-hmm. you know. Like he has to kind of start doing that now. I feel it's not like Ricochet's super young either, right? He's, he's, he's like his he's like his mid thirties, right? Early, around now, right? early yeah, early thirties, yeah. 30s. Yeah, so it's not like he's in his twenties, you know. I I think he's mm-hmm. got to start thinking about that now and training for that now, so we can have a Rey Mysterio type career in terms of in terms of longevity. You know, or an AJ Styles career. Let's let's let's, mm-hmm. let's say what it is. Honestly, I feel Ricochet was supposed to be the predecessor predecessor to AJ Styles. I see a lot of similarities between the two of them. Okay. Um, okay. 
Ricochet at that young age was a very, was a high flyer and he did all this crazy stuff and so did AJ in his TNA run. Mm-hmm. AJ was a high flyer. That's what he did. And now right. if you look at AJ now, he had right. to change. He had to right. develop. Mm-hmm. Ricochet, it can wrestle. I've seen it. He actually oh, I'm not saying he can't yeah. wrestle, but I need oh, I know. to see but it he in should the ring. This more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. He should use it more. NXT weeks again, because we're the internet, we know everything and we've seen everything that's been on YouTube or something like that. We expect Ricochet to do all the flippy flips. So obviously he's gonna do it. Right. The main roster is a completely different breed for him. Mm-hmm. So maybe right. he needs to change it up a little bit. He needs to tweak his style. Not to divert from your question, which right. I just totally did. So, <laughs> well, no, 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 no. It's fine. No, no, no. We can talk Ricochet too, please. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Um, like even like like just Ricochet. Like I think about like I said this to most like that dude when he's like in his forties. I feel like he's not gonna want to do a four fifty splash for a right. finisher anymore because is it really worth the risk at that point in your career to do it? You know, like, like that's what I want to see. Like, you know, just get another finisher in there. Let's just get a finisher. I call them impact finishers that you can hit mm-hmm. from out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, like say the RKO, which a I think is one of the greatest RKO, finishers of all time. A super kick, things yeah. like that. Yeah, you know, he, he so does. They just won't let him do it. Like he has a, um, he has two actually that are nice little okay. impact finishers. Um, Oscar does it now, so maybe that's why they had him change it. He used to use the one-legged code breaker. That was one okay. of his impact finishers right and then he had i want to say um bones you're more familiar with didn't he have a submission no well he had that too and then he also had i think osprey stole it from him but the oz cutter type setup move that he did or yes you know that twisting cutter that he does yeah 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 ricochet did that first that was an impact move for ricochet cool gotcha maybe he need to let him Pull something out because he needs one of those Im- high impact, like just an impact move that gets things done and mm-hmm. wins the match and surprises everybody. Right. Cool. Well, and then to get back to the Dio thing, that is more. This is probably my last wrestling question, and we can move mm-hmm. on to our other our other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest thing with Retribution is, I, obviously, you know, I think it's it one of everybody's problems. It sucks. It sucks. But for me, more than anything, <laughs> that's what really bothers me. In and we've talked about this on PCC in past episodes. We talk about Bones tells me all the time, and I can just do a Google search and tell. There's a weak women's roster on Raw and SmackDown, mm-hmm. and like you're just wasting Mia Yim. Like it's straight mm-hmm. up wasting Mia. Like mm-hmm. you're gonna bring me, like let her wrestle as Mia. That's like a badass character to begin with. Like why are you, like you, it's, it, you're you you you're lacking in a division where that needs some talent. Mm-hmm. You the talent's there, and you're just not using it. Right. Like that's just asinine to me. She it, she was down in the water as soon as she was um, named one of the members of Retribution because one she wasn't utilized for nothing for the first few weeks, and then she had her first match against Dana Brooke, lost her mask within the first minute of the fucking match, and no one said, "Oh, that looks like Mia Yim." Oh, she lost. You know, she it, it, they pretend like it didn't fucking happen. Then she you know what? I kind of like that because we all knew it was Mia Yim already. They didn't have to point out the fucking right. obvious. Right. <laughs> but, that, but then she loses to fucking Dana Brooke of all people, and then she gets belittled by, by Ali because, you know, Ali's the leader of Retribution. Right, right. But it, it, I don't know what they're doing with Retribution. I think it was an idea that was supposed to go one way, but they d- diverted from the, from the plan, and now they're just on Raw. They're just there. There's nothing, there's no substance or depth to the characters, yeah. to the storyline, they're just there. 
And you know what, though? Good for them. At least they're getting a fucking paycheck every week. At least they're working every fucking Monday. I'm taking so up, mad you brought taking me Taking up fucking t- TV time and airtime on my fucking TV every week. Me and anyway, got played. She got played, but we're not going to go there. Yeah, she I got her played. Great, dude. And, and Dijak. And Dijak. And Dijak. Uh, yeah, Come on. yeah, we're not even talking about Dijak. I didn't even didn't yeah. bother to bring him up. You know? That, that whole thing's fucking dead in the water. But I am looking forward to possibly to catching Raw next week because I always like the Christmas episodes of like Raw and SmackDown and like the stupid miracle on, on 34th Street matches with the, the the Christmas trees and the presents and stuff. Candy Those cane on a pole fun. match. Candy cane <laughs> on a pole match, yes. So in lieu of the holiday season, Brother Wade is rocking his Christmas sweatshirt. Not a Christmas sweater, it's a sweatshirt. Well, who is that on the sweatshirt? Guardians of the Galaxy. That's you know, what I, I thought. Nice. Nice. You know, real quick, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, I did notice that Groot is coming out with his own episodic uh, TV show on Disney+. Plus. Yes, yes, is he is. Awesome. Also, we're getting the Guardians. Uh, this was a James Gunn idea. I know you guys are familiar with Star Wars, and they had their holiday special. Guardians of the Galaxy next year are getting their holiday special on Disney+. Plus. That's nice. awesome. Nice. I love that. Love that. Speaking of Star Wars, you guys been watching Mandalorian this year? I haven't watched this past week's episode okay. yet. So we'll that's, out the that's, that's, I, haven't, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, okay. All right. So you and I, but you've watched the rest of the season? No. Uh, that's oh, my God. It's so good. I don't watch it. It is really, so really good. good. It is the best. This season of The Mandalorian is the best thing Star Wars has done since the original trilogy. Yeah. Hands down, no questions asked. And I like Rogue One, by the way. That's like that used to I used to make this statement about Rogue One. Rogue One has now been bumped down for season two of The Mandalorian. That's how good it is, dude. Thank right. you, John Favreau. Thank yes. you, John Favreau. He's doing wonder, <laughs> doing wonders with that series. But yeah, you have to definitely catch up on it. The, the, this season is fucking amazing. Did you watch this past week's episode? Bones? I did not watch this week's. No, no. no. Yeah, but, it's, uh, it's everything about it is just fucking phenomenal. So. And and if you're a fan of, I guess, I guess this, and what I'm learning about this show is it ties more into the Clone Wars TV show mm-hmm. than anything else, and that's probably the thing I'm least familiar with of all like the official that, Star that's Wars canon. Me too, so it's yeah. nice. I'm learning some new things because I don't want to watch the cartoon for eight seasons or ten right. seasons or whatever it is. <laughs> Don't do it. I heard it'll hook you. My uh, uh, Jess's roommate is watching it because she watches The Mandalorian, so she was telling me about it. And she, you can watch The Mandalorian and The Clone Wars, and you'll be like, oh, like it's a lot more filling. Like you're just now, like, yeah, oh, okay, sense. that's why. Right. Yep, yep, like, yep, right yep, that's yep. why this character. That's why this character's here. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. because they carried on from Clone Wars, and it's uh, funny that a lot yeah. of characters from Clone Wars. Who voiced the characters are actually the live action versions in the show, which is pretty cool to see. Too. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, speaking of Star Wars, you McGregor officially on as Obi Wan. Yep. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. For the mm-hmm. Obi Wan series. And there was another Star Wars thing this week that was relevant, I think, to news. I just Hayden Christensen? Hayden Christensen. Hayden, yeah, Hayden Christensen. Darth Vader. Yes. Darth Vader, right. I knew there was something else involved with that. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I'm looking yeah. forward to some more you and you and McGregor Obi Wan. Obi Wan's the shit, dude. He's like my favorite Jedi, bad Hell, motherfucker. W- wait, when is the Obi Wan series supposed to come out? Twenty uh, fall, twenty twenty one, I believe. Okay, nice. Sooner than we think, yep. and I believe we have in another year or so until we get Umbrella Academy season three. Am I correct in saying that? 
Yes, you are. Kind of, You're absolutely so 2022, right. 2022, right? Yep. Gotcha. Dude, I cannot fucking wait. Cannot wait to watch that. Doc, you got to binge watch Umbrella Academy. That's another great TV show. This is the problem with being a Academy. sports fan. While you're spending three hours like binging something, I'm probably watching like watching like know, a game, some game or something. Right? <laughs> That's like the biggest problem I have. I, I hope you're not watching our uh, our boys' season because it's just, it's just dude. So yesterday I went hiking yesterday, Ugh. and I just so I was like, oh, I'll watch the game when I get home. And dude, I get a text from my cousin. I'm over Joe. They just need to put McCoy in. And I'm like, oh my god, is it that bad? I was like, he's like, don't even bother watching the game when you get home. Just don't even bother. You had a good day. It, it, it wasn't don't worth bother. it. <laughs> and it, I was so pumped after that Seattle game. I was like, oh my goodness, they got a real defense. They're well coached. You know. Oh, they won in Seattle with their backup quarterback. And then Arizona, man, just, just, just the offensive line was a freaking made that Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese. <laughs> yeah, and there was nothing to watch with the Giants. Thank you for making me go on. I don't want to talk about them tonight. I had to get I had to get it out of you a little bit. You know I had to. I had to be like, so uh, you want to talk about it? You can. You know what you, <laughs> you should watch too. And uh, Bones, I don't know if you started it. The boys. I did. Yes. Yeah, Bones, the boys. I mentioned that to, uh, to Doc. Yeah, very very good. I finished that season. Such such a good show. V- v- very interesting take on superheroes. That's what I love about it. Didn't expect. I. I Started the first the first season expecting it just to be a regular superhero show, but it was totally not not what I expected, and that's what kept me so invested in, in it. It's really good. And season two was balls to the wall, even more crazy. Yes, just saying, okay. nuts. <laughs> so you got to catch up on some TV there, Doc. But go ahead. Speaking of different takes, I I'll, I watched something recently that was a different take on a classic subject. Okay. So just get into our little festive season between Christmas mm-hmm. time. On Hulu right now, there is a there is a Christmas Carol. There is a version of the Christmas Carol on that was made by the BBC last year, and it's just completely. It's like a three. It was a three part mini series on the BBC, and I guess Hulu bought the American rights and just made it one long three hour thing, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. It's like it's it's like it's like if a Christmas star, a Christmas Carol, an American Horror Story had like a British baby. Wow! I yeah. see. Okay. Oh, okay, it's it's a horror version of a Christmas Carol. Well, it's not I like it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a dark version of a Christmas Carol. Okay. It's not horror. I know it's, someone it's, who would enjoy that. It's dark, yeah. like like <laughs> like like it's not Violent? it's not. You're just like. Oh, Scrooge is a bad guy. Here's mm-hmm. a ghost. Here's a ghost. Here's a ghost. Scrooge is a great guy. You know, it's right. it's not that like and like the, the the psychological examination of Scrooge is fucking out of control. Like Bob Cratchit's like n- is an angry worker, but he's not like a little bitch. Right. Like you would think like someone in Bob Cratchit's situation would be ready to just strangle their boss every day. Mm-hmm. And this Bob Cratchit would, would rather see Scrooge dead tomorrow, you know? So it's like, it, I think that was really cool. And just how they did the ghosts. Um, Jacob Marley's played by the dude who played uh, Capone in Boardwalk Empire. Uh, I can't think what his okay. name is off the top of my head. Um, Andy Circus is in it. He's the ghost of Christmas past. Yes. Yeah. Okay, you have okay. me, Andy Serkis. Yeah. So he's great in everything. 
I, get, I, I want to quick. I'll quick uh, pull up a, a casting real quick. But it, it was cool because it is a completely different take on the story. That that's pretty and cool. I me. like that. No, and speaking of of dark movies during Christmas, I'm assuming you guys have seen Krampus, right? Yes. I mean, there's I know there's a few different versions of Krampus out there, but that I just watched a version uh, earlier this week too with um. God, now I got to go search for the cast of, of that one, but uh, Krampus the, is the a, 2018 movie. I believe it was a 2018. Yeah. Let me see. Let me pull it up real quick. Well, Bones is pulling that up. Another, another fresh take on this on the on the Christmas story. Uh, Cratchit's wife is black in the movie, and his kids are mixed. That's awesome. Yeah. Like that. So that was like a complete. And so my first question was, you know, it's like my thought was like, how historically accurate is that? Did white guys marry black women in the 1840s or whenever it takes place? And then my wife probably a good point. He said, at that class level, it's probably not as uncommon as you would think it would be exactly. in that time period. I was like, okay, cool. That was my only question. I, have. I thought that was cool. And his, wife, and, and his wife, and she plays a much more significant role in this version of A Christmas Carol than she has. Like a, like a, you got to watch it. I, I can't really do too much without like, giving away too many things at, at, with that, at that okay. point. But definitely worth the watch. It is not your grandma and grandpa's version of the story. It's new. It's updated. Uh, Guy Pierce plays Scrooge. Andy Serkis plays Ghost of Christmas Past. Stephen Graham, I said from Boardwalk Empire, that's where I know him from, plays Jacob Marley, amongst others. Okay. In um, the Krampus, I saw the 2015 version with Adam Scott and even uh, Conchetta, uh, Conchetta Farrell, who actually just passed earlier this year from um, Two and a Half Men, also stars in the movie as well as uh, the aunt of the family. But I uh, saw so there was a few different versions. Which version did you mention, Wade? The 2018 version? Well, of uh, I, I misread the date, but I actually have okay. the movie in front of me that you're speaking about. Gotcha. Oh, that's there you go. Yeah, 2015, man. Great fucking movie. Uh, and it's you funny you bring Krampus that up. Style? I went to a haunt around that. There was like a... Oh, I'm, nice. I'm down in Florida, so... Right. Uh, there's a haunt dedicated to Krampus... Where it's like a, you go through a haunted house, like it's. Yeah. I think it's a direct sequel. I think I don't want to say like I'm right off the rip. Mm-hmm. But the Krampus, the, uh, I'm, Jess is in the background. All the right. Krampus haunt that we went to, right? Was that like a sequel to something that happened the year before? So it, the haunt is a permanent haunt in Jacksonville, and for the last two years they've done a Krampus event. This was the sequel to last year's Krampus event. Ah. But like normally the haunt isn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this nice. was the first time it was Christmas themed, and okay. it was Jack Frost was involved. So it was really cool. It was a pretty cool concept. I like the idea of it. Okay, that's, cool. That's yeah. another movie too. Uh, I saw um, Amanda and I saw on Netflix Jack Frost. Another really mm-hmm. dark movie that I I have to I have to catch. Dark, dark and dark and pervy. Dark. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I haven't watched that one yet. I'll have to check that out. You gotta check. Okay. Um, what's yeah. the, uh, what's her face from American Pie is in it, and it's like a two thousands movie. It's really cheesy. Ninety eight. Che- yes. Ninety eight. Yep. Ninety eight. It was. It's a cheesy ass horror movie. Yeah. It's so cheesy, but I'd watch it. <laughs> Jack starring, Frost is Jack Frost is a cheesy character in general. Starring my, you know who plays Jack Frost? Michael Keaton. No, wait, not that version. You're talking about the kid version. No, there's I'm a horror at, movie version. 
Oh, it's the wrong movie? Okay, babe. Wrong movie. That's yeah, the wrong Michael movie. Michael Keaton's like the happy Never Jack mind. Frost, dude. Yeah, the, <laughs> not, the happy the Jack one. Frost. What are you, whoa. I got excited when I saw that. So which shows oh, up? Oh, um, 98 version. Hold on. While, while Bones is looking that up. Doc, you ever, you've seen Home Alone. We all have, correct? Yes, yeah. You know there's a horror movie version of that? Yeah. What? <laughs> What's it called? Ah, oh, man. <laughs> I, I got to look it up. It was on this uh, YouTube channel that I watched. Is, it, is it a Christmas horror movie? Yeah, and okay. the kid that plays Kevin McAllister's a dick. <laughs> and, he, and the thing is, he play he does the theory, um, and we've all talked about this before and seen it. How those paint paint cans not kill that guy? Kill those oh, guys? Yeah, right. He, to, he legit in the movie, and you know this is a spoiler, but you're gonna see it anyway. Kills someone with a paint can to test the theory. <laughs> Yes, I have to watch this movie. <laughs> I, I'll, once I find it, I'll let you know what it's called. Yeah, let me know what it's called. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's good stuff. So here's the movie. It's actually from 1997, not 98. 98's the kid one with Michael Keaton. 97 mm-hmm. is the first Jack Frost with Scott McDonald playing Jack Frost. Uh, not, a lot of other actors and actors I'm not familiar with their names. But uh, the second one, Jack Frost 2 which is what is currently up on Netflix, is uh, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. <laughs> See? It's cheesy. It's I, Sharknado I level. It's like the yeah. snakes on a plane Sharknado it's level cheesy. Yeah, that, that's how level cheesy it is. That's how that, that is. <laughs> Oh, that's oh, man. good art. It, 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 it's so crazy that they have all these dark movies now for like for, for such a joyous time of year, right? That's well, funny. I mean, how many fucking times can you write the same fucking movie with just I different know. words? We, we, Doc, you, me, you, and Johnny were talking about this last week about you know the different Christmas movies. Watching Home Alone has how many different versions? You have the Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. How many different versions? Christmas Every Carol. Hallmark Christmas movie yeah, ever, know? ever, so ever. It's really cool how they how they take it such a different a different twist on on this holiday. It's really, really the cool. only the only Hallmarky type Christmas movie I really dig is. Um, or the Christmas Chronicles, the ones that just came out in the past with, couple with, years with, yeah, with, with Kurt, Kurt Russell, Russell. because yeah, Kurt Russell's a fucking awesome great. Santa. That's the yeah. main reason. Like, Kurt Russell is fucking hilarious yep. as Santa. Why do they always make me fat? Yep. I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was probably the first Christmas movie that we watched here. In this yeah, that, and, it's, and he's the one because like that movie starts. It's all at the home movies and Hallmark. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna like this. But then Santa shows. I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of badass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so he's 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 he, he he's close to Tim Allen in, in the level of greatest Santa, Santa Clauses Claus. ever. Yeah. You know, because Tim Allen delivered on three great holiday movies. Because I even like the third Santa Claus. Agreed. We talked about yep. this a few weeks ago. <laughs> the Santa Claus with Jack Frost. <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> Martin yeah. Ma- Ma- Martin Short. Martin Short. Yeah. You yeah. love Martin Short in this in this conversation. He's great. He's yeah. He was great in that movie. I really enjoyed awesome. him in that yeah. movie. Yeah. Really, really great, great actor. Yeah. So yeah, that's my 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 go away for the week with Christmas movies. Though, is go see the Christmas Carol on Hulu. What's your go away for the week, Bones? Which one should we go watch of all the ones we talked about? I, I would say go check out uh Krampus with uh Adam Scott and uh now I haven't seen it, but I definitely got to check out Jack Frost. I have to now. This is just... I have to binge watch the two of them back to back now. And Brother Wade? Uh, I'm going to go with Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. I've already seen it like three times this past week. 
it's a gem because it makes you realize how did these guys not die after some of the stuff they went through? Right. I'm sorry. The one scene, and we all know when Kevin was like, when they were like, oh, give me the camera, and Kevin threw the brick from that high up. Yep. Should have been dead. Yeah. Nope. Sorry. Not. <laughs> I don't know how you guys survived half the stuff he put you. Through. Dude, they're like the Wiley e. Coyote of like fucking movie characters. <laughs> and then they got attacked by ra- rabbit ass pigeons. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Dirty New York. So pigeons. much shit. Oh man. Awesome. Well, well, guys, this was a very lavish episode. Uh, Brother Wade, thank you so much for joining us today and hanging out and helping to educate good brother doc over here on some updates on wrestling doc thank you for giving us your take on wrestling over the past week as well so fam once again you're welcome (laughs) such a great guy doc anyway fam thanks so much for tuning in of course you do (laughs) thanks for tuning in to another episode of pcc a lavish episode of pcc as part of the fourth wall pop network's 12 days of christmas Check out our online store at tpublic.com. Be on the lookout for the official launch of the Fourth Wall Pop Network's YouTube channel launching at the beginning of 2021. Check us out on social media on Twitter and Instagram at PC Collective Pod. Go support the network, Fourth Wall Pop Network, on your favorite podcast platform and hit subscribe to never miss an episode of the PCC, New Normal Wrestling, Big Heck and Wade, Crossroads, Getting Grilled. We are the PCC. I'm Johnny Bones. He's Good Brother Wade joining us tonight. That's the Good Brother Doc. We wish you all a very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year, and I'll see you when I'm looking at you. Now I'm recording. You want to do that again? I don't want to love this Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That was good. Awesome.